Welcome back to the Weekend Warrior Show Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler from the Unemployed Architects. It has been a little while since I've checked in. I have not been good about recording in this quarantine. I don't know what it is. I just feel like I've had a lot lot of work stuff going on, which is so boring. But, uh... So got a lot of shows to talk about. I might pull up my uh, calendar on the phone here and go through them and see if I what I can remember. I don't know. I started doing guests, so I started doing guests, and that uh, I started waiting longer in between to do regular ones. So I guess that's kind of why I've been slacking. But uh, this is a weird one because it's been so long. I'm feeling very colorful. I'm in a different setting than I normally am. I also have my iPod, or not my iPod. Oh man, really, really sign I'm getting old, I guess. Um, I got my earphones, Bluetooth and uh, some Pandora. So I'm actually listening to music. I don't know, I thought it'd be a weird change of pace. But, uh, so let, let's let's skip back here. So, uh, it is my 32nd birthday. This, this eve. I am by myself, naturally. Um, and it's a Sunday. So I'm scrolling back in my phone, seeing what we're going to talk about here. Alright, how far back, how long has it even been? At least till August. September. So, some Houdini shows, Trading Post show got cancelled, Summer Shindig got cancelled, Acoustic at Clark Bar, I had that one. I've had that one regularly. I had a couple at Gill Street, which have been pretty fun man that is very undescript i one of them blair came to and dave was there as well and we kind of prepared for our bcpa show our live recording there and uh so we did the whole set a lot of my guitar students came that was that was a lot of fun kind of got to see me in action i didn't feel like i sounded great but what else is new? And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun to have Blair there. I think one time it was just Blair and I, and then one time it was Blair and I and Dave. When we played at the BCPA. Because there were two two of those. I definitely did a Houdini show uh, by myself. And that was fun. I'm looking, there was one, I, it was like a memorable show. Kicks, Kicks and Tawanda, that was fun. That was like uh, evening time. It got a little cold, so everybody left very uh, very early. So I was, a, I was a little disappointed on that front, but we, uh, I don't know. Sorry if I feel scattered, I, or sound scattered. I feel scattered for sure. I'm all over the place. That's how I feel every second of every day. Just, uh all over the place but uh what was the show we did a show for at a festival i'm trying to remember that show blair and i played the birthday party in pontiac at bob and ringo's that was a lot of fun that was uh older crowd it's a very kind of laid back laid back uh show I picked up a couple shows at Four Door Brewing, which was like a place in Decatur, kind of a little uh, distillery there. So that was definitely fun. Uh, just me solo. I did my one-man band. I've been doing a lot of sitting on the cajon and playing uh, instead with my one-man band instead of standing and doing the the big kick drum. Finding that a lot of those places, or I'm finding that 
I pick to play the sit-down cajon at a lot of the places that are more chill, laid-back kind of shows. I feel like when I play the kick drum, sometimes I feel like I'm, like, attacking everybody with my sound. But, um, man, on this, uh, play, on this Pandora station, I've had two songs that Blair and I used to cover constantly. One of them was called... Um, it's Time by Imagine Dragons. Both songs he sang, too. Um, and then Pompeii by Bastille. And I've listened to this Pandora station a lot of times. Those songs have never... have never come up before. But, anyway. It's been a weird, obviously weird summer. I don't know. It's like, uh... A lot of shows got canceled. Started a new job. And uh, just been trying to pretend it's all normal. Everything's normal. I don't really feel like it is, but I'm gonna keep pretending. Man, none of these songs are jumping out at me. So the the station I'm li I'm listening to is um, it's a band called Need to Breathe. All one word. They're like this, uh, they're, they're kind of Christian-y, which is not something I usually go for, but they're borderline. So it's like, uh, they, they like, are, they use their metaphor as well, and they don't just blatantly say certain things that would be considered Christian. Don't get me wrong, they have some of that, and I usually just skip over those songs, but they have a couple songs that are just undeniably good, really across the board, and the vocalist just is phenomenal. Um, and honestly, a lot of the time when they start <laughs> they start singing about Christian-y type stuff, I usually just, pretend, like in my mind, just pretend like they're talking about music, because that's kind of my version of that, I guess. So, but yeah, I don't know. I've been waiting for a good song to kick on. I haven't really gotten one. Those ones that uh, I used to play with Blair, those ones are are good songs, but they're very, very poppy. Um, and, but they definitely bring me back to some fun times. Ooh, American Authors, I don't know why that one's on here. It's all kind of poppy at this station, but some, some really cool stuff comes up sometime in that Need to Breathe band. Uh, I think they're really good. I mean, I try not to be too uh, prejudiced with my... If something's good, it's good, but... And I think this really qualifies. But... Uh, Here's another one. I've, I've been really liking this uh, band for a long time called Johnny Swim. All one word. I guess I like the all one word uh, band names. Johnny Swim. All one word. Need to Breathe. All one word. If you're wondering what a good song to check out by Need to Breathe, it'd be a song called Slumber. The song's very cool. And then they do this uh, live version of Stand By Me that... Uh, Man, the vocalists just kill it. He he does he, like it sounds kind of normal for the whole song, and then at the end he does these vocals run vocal runs and like he goes up to like the blues key instead of just like the regular key, and he hits these cool fun notes. And there's two singers and the other guy kind kind of trade off. It's like a dueling guitars kind of thing, but with their vocals. So they do a really cool live version of that song um, and then they have a song called Cages I like a lot I like the lyrics a lot in that one because they like lead you kind of lead you into a I don't know it's not so straightforward but they get you to the idea of what they're saying which is um, I don't know it was just very artful in what they're trying to say I think I think I think <laughs> like that matters um and this band, Johnny Swim, have two just amazing vocalists. It's like a guy and a girl. I think they're husband and wife. And their harmonies are just so good, so ridiculous. And 
um, the the male vocalist like he has one of those voices that you just don't even know how they're born with it like they <laughs> it it does it doesn't seem real it seems fake i don't know how else to describe it it's like pitch perfect and it sounds like the best singer you like if you thought of a classically good singer it sounds like that there's no it's not really like a ton of style to it necessarily but it's so good and like uh, he'll get a little raspy sometimes but he rarely hits bad notes and rarely hits them live too and then the girl um she sings lead on a lot of stuff too and she has i wouldn't say her voice is as good as the male vocalist but it's it's a little more interesting than his is so like it has a little bit more like style to it or more um originalness to it but they're both really good and then when they come together for cool harmonies um it's it's just undeniably good so they come up on this need to breathe station a lot and uh um if you're gonna need to check out their stuff i would definitely recommend some songs i would definitely recommend song called Home, I think that's the first one by them I ever really liked, um, and I saw them perform it live, and then they went, in the live version, they went into, like, a bunch of different covers, and then they come, bring it back, like, it's very cool, very cool song, Home by Johnny Swim, Diamonds was another one I really liked the lyrics to, um, they're just really powerful, I feel like. And, uh, they, but I mean, they have a lot of good stuff. Um, I do feel like some of their stuff, for me, kind of borders lines a little too poppy. So, like, I don't, I don't love every one of their songs by any means, but, um, there's some of their songs which are undeniably good. I'll pull up my playlist because I feel like I am forgetting a ton. Let me just find it here. This is what I do. I make playlists on YouTube for some reason. And that's the way I keep track of it. Because no, normally I listen to Pandora. Bridges, that's a really good one. Uh, Marietta, Pay Dearly, Flowers. Flowers is uh, the, the, the female vocalist. Um, and her voice is... It's, it's, it seems like it's recorded live... And there's this, like, reverb on it that is, like, incredible. And I think the coolest part of that is, it's like, the quietness of it. Like, you can hear every detail. Lonely Night in Georgia is one of my favorites. And Villains is cool. Back to You is cool. So, yeah, those are my favorite Johnny Swim tunes. Definitely recommend checking them out. Right now... I just had uh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise came up, and another one of just my favorite bands right now, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Have a funky name, but I think the that's like delightfully intentional. Like <laughs> it's it's kind of off-putting, I think, to a certain demographic of people, which is fine. Until you, I think even those people, when they hear the music don't really think it necessarily sounds like that would be their name but uh and for some reason no I, some of the people i brought up their name to are like oh i would i would never listen to a band called that or like they'll say something like to that extent not exactly that but um anyway they're they have the another band that has a ton of really awesome songs but they do have like a category of music that doesn't really jive with me necessarily um but they're good songs they're just so great i'm listening to this one right now called good night chicago and the lyric i feel like nobody knows pain like this the guy who writes the lyrics and the singer i don't know who does it in the band but um like they know like pain and emptiness better than most bands that I've heard that are more current, I guess. Or it really, I don't know. It just really, really appeals to me for some reason. That that feeling of, it's like I feel like somebody I can relate to on that, you know, that pain and that 
emptiness feeling. And when I hear it in song form, it just, it feels good to be heard, I guess. Or <laughs> I guess I'm the one listening. But anyway, um, good, good Night Chicago, that's one of my favorite songs in the lyrics. He talks about um, he killed a man just to make her, them, whoever, whomever, love them. So, like he's saying, like he killed like that version of himself. He became a different person to become like this, you know, new person that this other person could love. It's just a really, really like relatable kind of sad song. But um, and one of the main lines is "Don't shut down on me, don't shut down on me now," and it's like, you know, he he changed who he was. So this person would, you know, be able to be with them and then they're still kind of shutting down. I don't know. Just great lyrics. Lots of numbers. He uses numbers a lot. And then right now I have a Half Moon Run just pop on a song called Fire Escape. I really like this band. But I think I might only really like them because I saw them live. And there's like probably five of their songs that I'm just like obsessed with. But it always kind of brings me back. I went down to Florida with a couple buddies of mine, Kev the bass player, John Rangel, Trevor Wisner, and uh, it was a Mumford and Sons like festival. It's called Gentlemen of the Road Tour. And... Uh, I think that's what it's called. I can't remember if that's what it was called or that was the one before. Anyway, I digress. Um, this band opened on the day Mumford plays his two-day festival, and I mean, they just killed it. I felt like the atmosphere was drab, but their excitement to perform in that moment in front of that many people like just pulled everybody in and I guess it was a little bit later in the day when I saw this other band called Bears Den that same day and they they have a song I really like called something about the Bay Pompeii I, I can't remember Pompeii by Bears Den but I didn't really get into them because the atmosphere they were like first that day I feel like that would have been such a hard slot to play but um anyway so walk the moon walk the moon <laughs> half moon run comes out and uh they just were electrified I don't know how else to describe it they're just their energy was so next level they were just so excited to be there that they couldn't because Trevor had tried to show us, like, oh, this is one of the bands that's, like, going to be cool. And, like, showed showed us a couple signs. Like, yeah, this is okay. I didn't really... So, again, I don't know if I'm biased to really liking that band because I saw them live or if, you know, they really are just great. But I do think that there's definitely some sort of goodness about them. Even if you hadn't seen them live, I think they do... They do uh, provide something but anyway so you know that that song's called um fire escape the one i was just listening to and uh really simple kind of straightforward song but just very pretty some other ones to check out by them would be uh, uh circles i think is one of them and uh call me in the afternoon that was like my favorite for the longest time Call me in the afternoon. It's like in that song when I saw it live, it was like three people were doing percussion. The singer who usually plays guitar, and they like all sang like amazingly. So it's these crazy good harmonies, kind of like local native Z type harmonies. And then the drummer had like a keyboard in front of him, so it's like he was playing like this com complex piano part and then he was doing like the kick and um maybe hi-hat with his left and then everybody else had like a tom in front of him so it like had this it was very interesting to watch and 
anyway, so uh, that is a really good band that I've been pretty into lately. I know this started as a podcast about uh, my shows, but it's all a blur. I wish I had more to say on those. There was this festival Dave and I did that was like um, at a winery, kind of by Springfield. I think it was called In New Berlin. I just I can't even find it in my phone. Dave kind of was the instigator on all that, which, you know, usually I am, so I think maybe that's why I can't find any of the notes. But um, the first night, we played both both days. We played the first night, like, before kind of the main band played, which was cool. I was definitely way too energized, but I think I pulled it off. It was weird, though, because it was like... There was a lot of people there, but it felt kind of empty because, you know, with the social distancing stuff. And then the band that was like the headliner, which is a Grateful Dead cover band, they came out and um, it just seemed like everybody came out of their shell or something. I don't know if I just wasn't really the right vibe. But then the next day we played first and we played like a two-hour set and it was me, Dave, and Lowe that day. And I kept having a ton of technical difficulties, but overall it was like, you know, we did some covers too, which I think maybe that helped. And the first night I did all originals, just kind of tried to rock it down their face, I guess, maybe a little too hard. Um, and then uh, the, the second day was a lot more laid back and like, I don't know. We, we kind of got to gotta take a breath. I think the first night was 40 minutes. second day was like two hours. So definitely got to catch our breath between songs a little bit more. Um, and we did a lot of like Beatles and like uh, Petty and a bunch of that stuff. I kept breaking strings because I had to work um, and then get up early and go to that show. So it was like work, night one, after like right when arriving go set up play tear down drive back and then we had to leave early in the morning the next day to get there in time so um i didn't have time to change my string so i ended up and broke like three in that show and then my pedal board wasn't give it wasn't working right because i think it's bad cables which is always super frustrating but overall i think I think we sounded pretty good the second day. We sounded good the first day. It just wasn't great. And that's what I was hoping for, being great in front of a giant crowd of people. But I don't think we grabbed them. But the second day, we definitely got some... I think we got some head turns, people that were into it. But it was still kind of a thin crowd because it was early in the day. People were just, like, waking up. Uh, I think we played like 2 or maybe it was like 11 11 to 2 or something I don't know that was the one show I was trying to recap but anyway everything's just been a blur and scattered all these ideas but weird things keep happening so it's just hard to keep track of I don't know if this is even going to be a releasable podcast honestly because I'm just so all over the place. But again, I'm feeling colorful, so... I don't know. My mo- So, I'll get to the most recent thing. I did the BCPA uh, live, live recording. And, you know, I mean... I would say it was in the upper 75%, maybe not quite 100% for sure, but maybe 80 75 to 100 somewhere in there so hard it's so weird it's so weird to perform with the when there's like three i don't even know how many cameras maybe three or five or something pointed at your you it's like we we, it was me blair and dave and uh we had practiced the set more than a handful of times we felt you know fairly confident we didn't practice as much as we should but the (laughs) because that never happens but the day of the show we got together and went through the songs and it felt like so good like we just rocked and I I did foot drums for every song because we we were playing pretty much brass tacks like foot drums uh, 
Dave's bongos, the player just plugged direct into an amp, which is like the exact opposite of what he ever does. Because, you know, he has the, the cockpit of pedal boards that he brings. But anyway, so we did it, and like we practiced the day that day, and we felt like we rocked, we had fun. And then we got to the BCPA, and we got all set up, and everybody there was super so nice to us, and just like treated us like rock stars, which was so cool. And uh, we did a sound check, and I was like, wow, like I'm feeling way better than I normally do for like stuff of a similar nature. And the, just the overall vibe was just so fun and cool. And it was like we were in this big open theater by ourselves, and it was like we were all there for a combined purpose, and we had semi-prepared. Again, not as much as we probably should have, but we definitely did do that. And uh, the cameras get, get going, and it's just like such a weird feeling. And then it's like it matters all of a sudden or something. I don't know how else to put it you know it's like we you know I think when I play normally you know it matters to me maybe I don't know I I, I don't know what I'm trying to say that was like the moment we had been preparing for whereas every show we play is like for that specific show but there's another show this was something that was like had an ending on it if that makes sense it's like a project we have we got this opportunity we wanted to deliver on and again i think we got you know 80 percent where we needed to be and it got captured at 80 percent, which is where i think that you know when 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 i think about like live recordings of bands like it's literally like catching lightning in a bottle because being on this side of it, you realize, like, I don't know, maybe there's just some people that just ha always have lightning. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why they get, you know, popular or something, is because their accuracy is very high for, you know, delivering on that lightning. But in the times past that I've done stuff like this, as soon as you get a camera on you, your your mind state like cha my mind state changes it's like i have like okay so i'm playing the guitar i'm singing i'm thinking of the words which i'm second guessing like at that moment even though i've practiced these songs you know played them hundreds of times but in that moment i'm like sometimes i'm thinking like am i going to say the right words so this is like a whole because I'm so on like autopilot with that stuff. And I'm like, so so I have this second like thing in the back of my head, like commenting like, I wonder, I wonder if he's, if I'm gonna say the right words that are coming. And then behind that, I have this whole other like, I don't know, personality or vibe or observer, like thinking like, this is going okay. I think you might be, you know, singing a little sharp because you're excited. So maybe calm down. You're tightening up a little bit. So then I have this this observer, and then like at the same time, you know, I'm playing the foot drums in some songs, and I'm like, I don't know. Whereas with without the cameras, I lose that um, person guessing about the words. I just kind of. If I forget the words to something, I don't care. I just go with whatever that moment is. And then also, like, that third person that's commenting on the performance, he shows up sometimes and shows on, like, bigger shows, but um, a lot more when I'm, like, recording something as far as the the critic, I'll call him. So I have the the observer and the critic kind of in the back of my my head while I'm playing and trying to be in the moment and I think the battle you know if I think if you even watch that performance like you can I feel like you can sense them kind of fading a little bit and that's what you want you want to be in that in the in it I don't know how else to say it in it and throughout the show I think you know, you see that more and more. There was a weird thing that happened towards the end where we couldn't hear the drums at all. So the last, like, few songs, like, 
it got got a little weird playing because my kick drum, no matter how hard I, I mean, misery was the song. I was like, you know, stomping as hard as I could. And you know, if you don't have a good kick drum mix, uh, which usually you don't have to do anything because it's loud enough. But in the, <laughs> in this scenario, you know, if you if you lose the kick drum, uh, you're having to put more effort to stomp on it harder to try to make it louder and uh, that you know that little bit of CPU I think that's ultimately what I'm saying about all a lot of this stuff is like your CPU is drained so because I, I have the critic the observer and then like my physical body having to focus on like stomping harder um, and then you know along with all the other stuff, thinking of the lyrics and the guitar parts and the notes and the beats and all that stuff. Anyway, but I think most of Blair's songs went well. Um, the first, like, five especially, there were some times where I could, when I was uh, listening to it for the first time, I... I like I could get lost in it a little bit and that's uh, for your own music is pretty hard to do I think I probably have a little bit easier time getting there with Blair's stuff because I feel like I'm such a critic of myself because I know exactly what everything should sound like and be like for every second of every song so when something's not exactly right I definitely notice it, and I when I rewatch it, I kind of relive through that. But with his stuff, there were times where I was like, "Man, we're, we're like kind of getting it," you know. And uh, that so that was a lot of fun to have that stuff. So he did yours. So I think I, I'll just go through the set list. Um, what I'm so, which I thought was a bold opening because it's not one of our. Uh, most popular songs by any means. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that song means a lot to me. I don't, I don't know if it really means much to anybody else. There's a couple people that have went out of their way to mention that song, and it's a deep cut, really, because it's from like the, I think it's the 13th song on our 14 track album. But anyway, it's a long kind of. Um, it's one of our epics, you know. It's a, it's, it has some uh, some uh, space in it, and it's long, and it like it's not just like a three to four minute warm up pop song. So I was like nervous to start with it, but I was like, I've been really feeling that song lately, and uh, actually there's something I'll talk about later that you know I'll kind of maybe say why I'm a little more into that song lately. But so we went from I'm so to your so, and your so was the so I wrote the song I'm so and then Blair wrote the song You're So and what he pretty kind of the thing the idea was it was just to go the opposite way than I always go which is the pessimistic kind of negative way uh, or the, that way of looking at stuff he went like to the positive and kind of countered not it's not like phrase for phrase countering but a lot there are some direct just counters like word for word line for line but um so i i always think it's cool to do those back to back because it's like more of a story it's a question and answer kind of thing and uh his guitar solos and that were killer and uh i don't know his vocals were pretty good he was like in it too i could tell and that like that got me for some reason then we did when you're gone not my favorite rendition of that song. I don't know why. I just can never play it as good as I wish I could. It's a good warm-up song. I wish that I, I could be cool enough to play it well. Um, I have. Don't get me wrong. I have been cool, but never been captured, I don't think. I just... It's a cool... It's a cool guy song. And uh, relaxed. Kind of... And I, I tend to... I, tend to push you know and then we did what did we do after that we did um when you're gone 
Test 5, that was what was next. And that's like a classic, like, Blair song where, um, you know, we've played that song for years and years and years. I've always wanted to get a good album version of that song. Uh, we were uh, we were going to have it on the Design to Shine if Blair was there the whole time for that. That was definitely going to be one of those tracks. But, um... And it sounded good. I mean, I think he sang it well. It was fun and upbeat and just uh, really nice. And then after that, I think we did Good Friends, which might have been a mistake to do foot drums back-to-back. It was definitely a mistake to do them for the whole set of practice we did earlier. But I felt like that was like it was in training, you know? Like, I was like... If I do it for all of the songs at this set, then when I only have to do it for half the songs um, at the real set, it'll be like a relief every time. But it was the same day, so I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but good friends, I definitely had some snafus on the foot drums. That's a brand new song anyway, so I mean, I don't know. I don't really... I don't really... Uh, think it's where there you know it's not it's close Blair wrote this really really cool guitar part for it and I was something I wasn't really expecting Blair doesn't necessarily um learn a lot of my new songs so uh it was cool that he like went out of his way to do it and he wrote a part that just like that I'm gonna miss when he's not playing it like that. Those those are how I know they're good Blair parts. Is when I'm playing acoustic by myself, and I'm like, oh, I just I just wish that I had that one little that driving little part that he has right there. There's definitely a few songs like that, but that, I think this is gonna be one of them. And it, it's probably one of the more poppy songs that I've ever written. I think it's probably gonna be the next one that we're in the studio for as well. And, uh, so, and then after that we did Take Your Pick, which the story behind that one is, uh, Blair wrote it, like, forever ago, and we've, we may have played it live one other time, and, uh, it was, you know, probably sounded completely different. It's just one that he feels, I, I feel like he feels like he has never really found the right combination of, you know tempo and parts and stuff like that so um but it's it's definitely the close you know, i make a joke a lot that it's you know a, a ten, he's been writing the song for 10 years but i mean it's very like haphazardly just taking his very very sweet time i guess but um like he'll change one tiny thing and then we'll think about playing it and then we won't or in this case, we actually got it to I think a, a nice, a nice point where it's like really nice sounding. We, I think the big thing is we bumped up the tem tempo, we changed a couple parts around. Um, I mean, I should I should say he. I just kind of followed what he did, but um, I agreed with him when he when he uh, put the tempo. So um, I thought that that really brought the song out a little bit more, but. Uh, Anyway, so take your pick, and I think that one went, you know, pretty, pretty well. And then what did we do after that? Planes, trains, probably. Alright, so I did. I'm so, when you're gone, good friends, planes, trains. And then, so planes, trains, I always write that song off because that's my, like, oldest song. It's like the first song I ever wrote, you know? So I, like, I never expect it to sound good or bad, and I just, I don't know, I have fun when I play it. Like, a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite songs to play, but a lot of times I don't over, I overthink that song to death, if that makes sense. Overthought that song to death. So, um, I just, you know, I, I know where my flaws are in it and stuff already, like, without even, <laughs> without even having to listen to it again, but... Um, so, you know, but I did, you know, going back and listening to it, I think that was one of the shiners or the ones that stood out. Um, and then after that would have been 
won a Blair song. Let's see, he did um, Yours So, Test 5, Take Your Pick. What were the other ones? Ride the Breeze, Eat Sleep, Missing One. I don't know. I can't think of all of them. But, um, so Ride the Breeze, that one was cool. I don't think that's what we did next, but it could have been Ride the Breeze. I think we each did six songs or five songs. I know we ended up having to take a couple off the set list the day of, so I'm a little rusty. And I, I've watched the set a few times, but I don't have it memorized, I guess. Anyway, so he did Ride the Breeze, which that song just always is fun to play, just rocks. That That's one of the things I think was a fun takeaway was like it was like a rock, upbeat, like... Because um, sometimes when I'm acoustic, I'm playing like the singer-songwriter maybe a little bit more than we do when we play in that form which seems more straight rock um, and then would have been Misery and that one I think was okay but we lost the kick drum and that bugs me extra bad and I feel like I sang it okay and I played it okay but like I don't know I just wasn't was sad that and I don't know why I care or why I let one tiny thing bug me but that I, I feel like that you know, not only did it happen in the video, but live, they couldn't hear my kick drum very much for the whole set, let alone, that. I mean, that last song, I don't think it was there, you know. I did notice when I was playing live that um, maybe the mic would scoot out a little bit. And then Eat Sleep, you know, that's the classic ending, one of my favorite Blair songs ever. Because the main line is, you eat, you sleep, try to eat, sleep, and don't die in the morning. And, uh, you know, I think I just think it's like, it speaks to the mundaneness of life sometimes. That, like, all you're trying to do is not die. And, uh, you know, like, a lot of it is talking about, like, just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And, uh... I don't know. I, I feel like you can... Most people can relate to that. Life has a bunch of really exciting things, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of mundane parts in the middle that... But... So we had practiced that song earlier, and it was, you know, excuse my language, but it was fucking fun. We, like, rocked it. I did the foot drums on it. took me a while to figure it out, and I was, like, drenched in sweat. <laughs> but, like... It, we were just all feeling good and it sounded good and we are having a good time playing it and uh, I, I don't know it, it, we had practiced it with his drum with his uh, beat buddy but um, you know we, it, we had him really loud when we were doing that and then when we, at the actual show you know I wasn't doing the foot drums and the beat buddy was got lost so it's kind of weird that his beat buddy and my uh, foot drums got quieter for the last song of each of our sets but anyway it's hard to, hard to really let go and like put it all out there on that line if you're having trouble hearing the drums that are keeping you in line if that makes sense I ended up and I, I did get there kind of you know, to the extent that I could, but I had to jam my head into the monitor for the last, you know, that whole last ending part. But, you know, nothing compares to when we used to play that song. You know, Big D and Kev and me and Blair. We would, you know, that last, that's the last song of the sit, set, time to, like, let go and, you know, not just go hard and give it give the rest of everything you got and uh you know everybody knew it i it's it's hard to not hear a, a full drum kit whereas if it's you know electronic drums like we we're trying to do it can get lost pretty easily so yeah i guess that's a that's my recap for this episode um so on my my podcast or on my <laughs> On my uh, earbuds, Saint Seneca just came on. That is like 
maybe my favorite band right now. I mean, I go through phases for sure, but St. Seneca, another all one word band. I'm noticing a trend that I've never noticed before that I like bands that have the name, their band name is all one word. But uh, St. Seneca, uh, the lead singer and lyricist, I believe, writes some of the coolest lyrics I've ever heard. He has a weird voice, kind of neutral milk hotel sounding style. Not all of his songs, but his vocal, I wouldn't say his music sounds that way, but his voice does. And he just writes such good lyrics, like stuff that I feel like I could never, I would never even think of. Like I would never even come close to thinking of. And he just does it seems like easily and uh he has a lot of like 80s cool 80s sounds mixed in with his singer songwriteriness it honestly sounds like he could have recorded it all on an ipad <laughs> but um because i mean it's not about the quality at all and i his vocals are just so good i mean he just always sounds like he's on key but it's like weird in a very interesting way. Has a lot of style to it. Very like mumbly almost or like slurred. But the way he puts words together is like very intriguing to me. And I feel like he's inspired me like a lot. Um, just a great songwriter. So some of his songs, um, Only the Good Die Young, I think that, I think that's what it's called. It's some version of that if you type that into wherever you're, um, wherever you're trying to listen to music, it would come up. And, uh, that song is just, the, the words, the way they flow into one another is so, so good. And it's like effortless at the same time. And then the chorus is like, I, for the whole song, if you listen to all the words, I feel like the chorus is like, okay. I mean, I don't think it's like amazing lyrics, but it's catchy. And then the verses come and it's like, so good. It's so poetic. And the way that he like fit these rhymes of two words inside of the rhyme of one word if that makes sense. It's really, really interesting. And what he's saying, it's like he's saying everything intentionally. It's not like he's forcing a metaphor. I don't know. It's just so good. Um, so that that would be one of mine. I'm going to pull up my list because I can't leave any out of this guy. Um, the other one is uh, Dogs. I really like that one. Very kind of the opposite type of song. I guess one of the interesting things about uh, only the good die young um, is that he plays it on like a bass so it's like not it's definitely not only the young die good I'm sorry that's what the song is called but it, it's not what you'd expect to hear I guess a singer and bass kind of simple and it's very lots of textural ambient sounds in the background and then um, Missing Dogs, more of a acoustic kind of um, singer-songwriter-y lines. But, and his voice, like nothing sounds perfect in that song, but in the best way. Um, and then he has some like weird like holiday songs that the, the like soundscape of them bring me to the, like they make me actually, before I, I like really listen to the lyrics, um, I they may, would make me feel holiday esque if that makes sense or like um, all the best is one of those um, plastic baby Jesus that's a really weird textural song but just uh, super super like happy and. Uh, what is what is the one? No, um, uh, Beast in the Garden is cool. It's kind of this crazy guitar riff that 
doesn't it's hard to pick out like the time signature but it just keeps going and like I feel like it has like a Beatles y sound to it. They're, they have a song called Fed Up With Hunger that the girl in the band sings and it's one of those like I can feel like that just that line, you know, fed up with hunger. Like I'm tired of feeling this way that, you know, I always feel like I don't have what I need to have or I am uncertain of whether I'm going to get get there ever. So that's a really cool one. Um, there's one more. There's this really cool song, Good Hand. That's a good one. A very 80s kind of soundscape. But there's this one that's like a full, like, quintet of strings. And uh, it's just strings and vocal, and it's just like a really cool... I keep clicking on the same one, but I'm looking for the title. I'm not really good with titles, I'm finding out. That's kind of sad. I don't know why. I just I wish I knew. Good Hand... Ladder to the Sun? No. Frostbiter, that's a newer one, and that one's, one's good. Maybe it's bad. No, not bad ideas. That's a fun one. Acid Rain's a fun one. Kind of cool lyrics. Man, I'm airballing. Oh, here it is. It's called Denarius. And it's just this really pretty string quartet kind of quintet thing sounds very very pretty and then he has this you know his weird vocals over it that just are cool but interesting and sound per pitch perfect pretty much at all times but yeah so uh really like saint seneca highly recommend um see what, what what's back on the cold play is playing on my pandora can't really get through that necessarily i don't get me wrong i like i like cold play a lot or i have liked cold play a lot i've just over listened to them to the point where it's a little bit tough to but you know some songs are classic um you know shiver is one of my favorites and uh, Fix You obviously has this like there's such a emotional feeling that music causes it's like perfect like end of the movie kind of helpless kind of sadness it's like you want to help but you can't so you're sad about it but um, anyway that's a lot of what I've been listening to I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else to say that's important or interesting. I, I was going to mention I'm starting another podcast. So uh, a little bit different than this one. This one's just kind of free form, whatever I want it to be, which is pretty punk rock and cool. I can kind of just do whatever I feel like. So uh, I do have Mathian supposedly is going to... Supposedly only in the not in any way a reflection of him. I just with how scattered I am I uh, hope that I make it happen but um, Anyway, uh, he's supposed to be on next Sunday. So that'll be a hopefully fun conversation I don't know how deep of a conversation I've ever really had with Mathian. So I'm, I'm hoping we get really in there and uh, But the thing I was talking about to talk about was I'm um, starting this new podcast. Don't really have a name for it, but it's going to be deep dives on specific songs. And it's going to be a completely different format than this one in that I'm pre-writing a lot of it. So like I'm I'm essentially going to write out like a chapter of a book and read it like um, an audiobook kind of. And hopefully um you know, hopefully it'll be good. I don't really know. I just 
that, that, what I was saying earlier is the song I'm So. Like, I wanted to start with that song at the BCPA because that song is the first song that came up when I was thinking of this idea for this next podcast. Um, I'm going to keep going on this one. Don't get me wrong. But I have been working on that one a little bit extra lately because I want to get it off the ground. But, um... And that takes a lot more preparation because I have to, like, really listen to the song a few times and really try to get back in those different headspace. And really, I'm going to just be talking about anything and everything related to that song. So, like, maybe talk about what it, the song mean meant when I re- wrote it, maybe what it means to me now, all the different, th- like, ways it's, it's kind of progressed, you know, from start to finish. Because when I first wrote that song, you know, it was an acoustic song. So how it came from an acoustic to uh, like a full band version um and anyway that song i've went a lot of different ways with like as far as whether i like even like it or think it's worth a damn um but coming around from this side of it you know it's it's a story in itself if that makes sense it's not just it's not just uh, a song. There's a lot to it. And when I wrote it, I feel like it expressed how I was feeling, even though it w- didn't say it word for word, if that makes sense. But anyway, uh, so it's going to be deep dives and songs where I talk, you know, maybe about just performing it one time and like the way it felt that second. So that's kind of going to be what I've, something else I've been working on I don't know if that's I don't want to use that as an excuse for not being as proactive about this podcast because I want to have both of them because they are both very they let me get out just talk say things that I haven't said or I'm not able to say to anybody else just stuff that because you know if you have a conversation with somebody it's like uh, it's like uh, I don't want to say game but it's you know it's not chess <laughs> it's like uh, it's like playing a song with somebody I guess or uh, if you were you know trying you have to follow each other so you don't really get to the point the final ending a lot of times to your thoughts you don't express them all the way through sometimes so this one this podcast has been very beneficial on that front for these solo podcasts because i don't you know i don't i don't when you talk to yourself like i'm doing right now um besides seeming like a crazy person out in my porch at eight on a sunday with uh my heater's going and my my uh stro my uh rainbow light uh spent disco light spinning around or whatever um does make me feel crazy but i follow the rabbit holes you know i get i get hopefully to the point that i'm trying or that i have thought about but never said out loud so i feel like that's a pretty fulfilling thing but Anyway, so when I'm so came on after I thought about having this podcast or starting this podcast, I had a lot of like it was tied to a lot of stories, and I I just thought that um, it would it would be a good starter, and I feel like the vibe of that song I still feel like sometimes in a different way than when I wrote it. But, you know, a song is a journey, kind of. So, anyway, so that's something new I'm about to... I don't have a good name for it. I wish I had a better idea on that. <laughs> staring, I'm staring at three notebooks that i am been writing in. So I guess my new thing is I'm... I'm uh, um, I got a bunch of different notebooks to try to organize how I think about things. This one that I'm holding is uh, is uh, the new podcast one. So just stories is maybe one of the one of the uh, the real life of a poet. I don't like that one. Um, 
a life undocumented. I, I don't, I don't, deep dive is an option. I'm going to write that one down because I said that one earlier. But anyway, so I don't really know what the title is going to be. But, um, and how well I'm going to really promote it. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. I'm excited about it because, you know, this has made me think about shows more in-depth and more, like, think about things differently. But that that makes me go back and revisit, like, the ideas behind songs and, like, where they came from. And I'm going to tell stories, too. The second one I've decided is going to be about how I got the scar on my face. So that'll be episode two of that new podcast. I do like the notebooks. Notebooks and actually writing stuff down. I haven't done that in a while. But I do feel a little pretentious doing it. I can't like carry them around. I can't carry them around. Because I want to hide them for some reason. But anyway. That's all for tonight. This is probably way too long. Way too rambly. Uh, but that's where I'm at in my life I guess. 32 years old today. Uh, signing off. Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of your week. Thank you.